0: of uh, season two
1: where tonight inshallah I will be the host a new and may I I say a daunting experience uh, being on this side of the desk uh, and got some very big uh, shoes to fill in uh, but nevertheless I am hopeful optimistic that with my two guests today we will be uh, perfectly fine Uh, I'm going to introduce the guests in a short while. First and foremost, uh, before we continue, if I can kindly ask you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's talk with Aima and share this particular link with all your family members and friends. It's a a very interesting topic tonight, Uh, a thought provoking topic and a much needed discussion um certainly in uh, current times and as you've seen we've been advertising for the last couple of days on social media that the top pick is in relation to lgbtq plus and any other letters you want to add to that so alhamdulillah uh, that's our uh discussion for tonight and i am uh, extremely blessed and fortunate to have with me today, uh, Brother Nasser Iqbal, who is a uh, science teacher, has been for the last 20 years in Bradford and abroad, uh, has a lot of experience in this field. Uh, we've had Nasser by on, uh, or should I add, Al Hikam for a few. Uh, assemblies with the kids, we're going to mention that uh, later. But Nasr Bai, mashallah, a beautiful brother, always got a smile on his face. Uh, my third time meeting him, uh, three is sunnah So, Alhamdulillah, we fulfilled the sunnah today. Uh, so, as-salamu Alaikum, Nasr Bai.
0: عليكم, salam, barakat. Thank um, you for joining us tonight. Zakalakhair, Zakalakhair for uh, inviting us, inshallah. Allah reward you, inshallah. Barakallah
1: feekum uh, Alhamdulillah. Uh, with Nasr bai, we have uh, brother Asad Ali, also from Bradford uh, And Asad Bai mashallah, is an IT project manager uh, Working in different sectors, including the education sector Has been for the last five years uh, Asad Bay, uh, glad to have you back at al-Hikam again for the third time uh, So yes, formal introduction done And uh, the Islamic greeting, assalamu alaikum
2: Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. for inviting me and Nasser. It's good Thank to be you very back. Much.
1: Yes, alhamdulillah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting us to meet uh, so soon. We had you here two weeks ago today. That's, That's right. Yes, That's right. for the uh, assembly right. with the kids. Uh, again, on this issue, on this topic, LGBTQ+. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're going to mention that uh, later on. Uh, but alhamdulillah, uh, we have uh, two very beautiful guests with us today. Uh, who have a lot of experience uh, in dealing with this particular subject matter uh, especially in uh, the schools that they work in, uh, with young children, with young uh, people so inshallah we're going to come to uh, both of them uh, in a short while Um, before we uh, continue with the topic uh, and with the discussion Uh, Once again, a reminder that if you are watching at this moment in time, please do uh, subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel and also um, share this link with your family members and friends. And I want to make it clear from the outset that our intention isn't to offend anyone. We're not here to offend, are we, guys?
0: No, no, absolutely not. I I think it's important to have that dialogue, have that discussion... Um, I think the Muslim community is a a mature community to be able to discuss ideas, to be able to look at um, issues, challenges, problems, uh, values that they might not necessarily uh, subscribe to, uh, but look for ways to solve those issues, look to ways of practically moving forward as a community and being able to deal with it. Because there will be many things, many challenges as a community uh, living uh, in Europe, Uh, that we will face that we uh, There are many things that we will, you know, like I said agree to there'll be some things that we might not uh, agree to But I I think we're more than capable as a community to be able to respond to those challenges Being
1: an Imam and Alhamdulillah, I've got 10 years experience behind me in London, Bolton, Oldham here in Bradford Uh, born and bred obviously in Bradford uh, seen uh, well seen too much But uh, nevertheless, uh, you you mentioned the word we as a community are mature. I personally would say that uh, maybe as it stands, uh, we're not as mature as we should be. Um, Again, we can argue and differ all night. Uh, That's not our intention. Reason being is that a lot of us know that these issues and problems exist. But very few of us are actually willing to accept these uh, challenges and problems that we have. Oh. Uh, I mean, last week at Juma we spoke about drug dealing uh, and how drugs is a huge issue, especially here in Bradford. Um, and again, many people will bury their heads in the sand. They'll brush the problem under the carpet. Uh, and we have, even in regards to tonight's topic, uh, you know, uh, young brothers and sisters who now identify themselves as gay Muslims uh, or lesbian Muslims um, so I don't know if there is that level of maturity and understanding and acceptance in our community be that in relation to this issue or as I mentioned drugs or illicit relationships or mm. domestic violence or whatever the other issues are mm. and that affect our youngsters that affect our uh, communities I mean uh, I'm just obviously bringing it relevant to Uh, the introductory discussion that we're having, you may have come across that video a couple of days ago of that sister who committed suicide. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Uh, Sister Aisha from Pakistan, I think, originally, but she committed suicide in India, if I'm not mistaken, because of the way she was uh, being Mm. ill-treated in her uh, her marriage by her husband. uh, And she made a video just before uh, she committed suicide, uh, and that is a huge uh, stain upon the Muslim Ummah uh, that we allowed that to happen. And, and she obviously took the wrong uh, course of action. She yeah. was desperate. She had no other option. Uh, but we we know that these issues exist. Uh, domestic violence and, uh, you know, a husband being dominant over the wife, be that mm. verbal abuse, physical abuse, it's wrong. We outright condemn it. Yeah. But again, it happens. I mean... Uh, then I asked the question, can we say we are mature? Maybe you want to expand on what you meant by mature. Yeah,
0: no, no, it's, it's a very good question, actually. I mean, mature, the reason why I chose the term mature, actually, yeah. is because um, many of the challenges as a community we have faced. Uh, mature, I I, I I, might not agree to say that there's an acceptance of, as, as a community, in terms of everything that we're surrounded by. Um by mature, I mean that I, I guess um, predominantly the Muslim community arrived on the shores of the UK in the 50s and the 60s. And, and since then, our, our, the first generation uh, were very different to, I suppose, the generation uh, that, we've, that we are now, or the younger generation that's growing up.
1: Would we say we're third generation or fourth?
0: I, I, I think uh, it was oh, a while well, when uh, fourth, we used to say, say third. So I, th- I think... Yeah. I think we might be fourth generation now. Okay, my shadow. <laughs> Not me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> uh, but the nice. younger children, I think. Um, I, I think our forefathers, when they came here in the 50s and 60s, they, they came with a very hard-working mindset. Um, and, you know, they they faced many challenges, but they were very hard-working, very committed to the family, very um, generous to the families abroad and here. Uh, and and looking after and catering for them financially Uh, but since that time i think we've matured because there have been many challenges that have um, actually matured us in that sense and what do i mean by that is whether it's um, issues to do with halal meat whether it's to do with sex education in school um, whether it's the war in bosnia uh, whether it's drug dealing as you mentioned uh that our community was never affected by the, the ills of this society. Alcoholism, mm. drug addiction, um, suicidal tendencies and um, you know, some of the ills that I guess maybe we sensed were from the society uh that that we came to. So I, I think it's allowed us to maybe reflect and to think of some of the challenges we have. Um and these challenges will not disappear. These challenges will actually increase as as time passes by and the next generation will have their methods and styles of dealing with some of these challenges as well. And hopefully we can look into one of them, which is about the LGBT issue today.
1: So this is definitely a a challenge uh, for the Muslims of the 21st century, certainly living in the West uh, with the influences around our youth, um, be that uh, billboards. Uh, um, marketing and advertising Um, it's certainly changed since the 90s early 2000s video games uh, you know tv shows movies where such characters are now uh, portrayed as being uh, openly gay openly um, lesbian or fall into this category of lgbtq Mm. plus certainly that has changed people's mindsets um it has allowed people to become more uh accepting of the idea if if that i can say that um that surely raises a concern I said by would you not uh, agree
2: yes definitely so over the last um you know 10 to 15 years there has been more um awareness you know about the lgbt community um that's you know via uh Uh, movies uh the press and over the last 10 you know years or so on online social media um and it's more and more you know to use a street term in in your face type of um agenda you know that has but you were
1: actually saying just before we went live that this has been going on for decades now so in the background these people who have been lobbying yeah, uh, the rights of uh, gays and lesbians—it's uh, not something that's happened overnight.
2: Exactly. So, um, yeah, what I was, you know, referring to there was about the—I was thinking about when homosexuality became legal in this country, and that was 1967 in this country. Okay. And in, I think, in Northern Ireland, it was a few years later. Uh, I can't remember the exact year. So, you know, that's what I meant by it's—it's it's, uh, this agenda has gone back decades. Yeah. Um. But over the last decade or so, you know, 10, 15 years, like I was saying, it's specifically the wider, you know, type of groupings, which has now become known as LGBT, you know, Q and And whole movement, I they dedicate
1: the full month of February to it. History of LGBTQ, you were saying it last time, I think. I,
0: that's right. I, th- I think sometimes uh, s- some organizations and institutions will promote it a lot more than others. But yeah, I think there's allocated times in the calendar and uh, hmm. yeah, yeah. So
2: yeah, so you know um, the the different groupings you have now, the people who identify themselves as different orientations in this whole uh, grouping of LGBTQ plus, it's a it's an agenda that's become more forceful. Uh, it's become more apparent, more clear, and more open. You know, and as a result, um, you know the Muslim community and other religious communities as well. You know, as we know, they've had to take a stance on this. They've had to respond. And, like you were saying, you know you're challenging nasa's um um you know comment about being open and mature you know to to respond
1: to this. I was just trying to get comfortable with this side of the <laughs> desk and being the yeah. host. I was just trying to put my uh, ideas over to him, but yes, yes yeah, it's, yeah,
2: it's, so it's um you know the sections of the community have responded differently in some places. there has been no response, you know, so hence our my involvement, NASA's involvement. You know, in the madrasas, in the in the masajid in, in in Bradford and other parts of the country, Alhamdulillah. Um, so we are seeing now that you know, when for example now we're having this conversation, maybe in fi- five years before, you know, we we you know maybe the institutions in Bradford or other places may not have thought about having this having this conversation uh, because maybe you know we didn't understand how to talk about it, how to explain our perspective, our view. Um, what does Islam say about it? You know, how can we explain from an Islamic point of view? Other than saying, yes, we know Quran and Sunnah says it's haram, but because we've not, you know, dealt with this type of situation, how to respond in this way, you know, to these particular new realities and challenges we are facing, you know, we've not maybe thought about how to respond to this. So that's why I'm seeing Alhamdulillah a lot more confidence. And
1: so Nasser, by you, you know, guys, as said, than a few other teachers here in Bradford uh, took the uh, initiative. Uh-huh to come together uh, and start doing uh, presentations, assemblies, lectures in uh, Madaris predominantly, as well as schools I'm assuming. Uh, how did that come about? What was the thinking behind it? As Sadbai alluded to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you talk us through that? When did it all happen and and, and what have your experiences been in regards
0: to that? Okay, khair. Um, I think we started about two years ago um, yeah, just over two years ago, um, we sensed that there was um, a major drive to to push uh, this type of an agenda. Um, it's already the case in secondary schools. Um, as as you know, over the last few years, there's been a contested debate and discussion about uh, sex and relationship education in primary schools.
1: Can I just ask, is it now mandatory that they teach this subject or, or, or the, tackle this from a schools?
0: from what i know i think it's been postponed until uh this coming september okay uh but schools will at this stage will be discussing and looking at how to deliver that in their curriculums um it what you're right it was initially supposed to be uh this september uh, academic year that had just gone yeah Mm. um but i think they've the government may have realized that they've not really given enough time for consultation with different communities. So I think they've extended that time. Well, there was
1: that uproar in the Muslim community uh, when when this um, this news came uh, to our attention. What they um, wanted to do. I mean, again, going back to the point that was mentioned, that they will they have been lobbying this for for many years now, mm-hmm. um, and and debating this in in Westminster and. Uh, whatever else channels that they debated in um, uh, so there was that uprise and uproar in our Muslim community then um, do you feel that that was too little too late uh, in that sense? Or? No
0: ab- absolutely not I, th- I think it was the expression of a community uh, and it was the expression of parents um, about really feeling very concerned about what's happening uh, when their children are left at the doorsteps of the school, um, what you've got to realize, and when when I speak to my father, and, and their perception about schooling and education um, is, you know, you you learn morals, you learn good etiquettes, you 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 become a good citizen, you you become, you know, you excel academically, and and there's a huge amount of trust that's uh, handed over really from parents to to the school. Uh, Set up Um, I I think The parents were I won't say all of the parents But I think there were some elements of naivety On on behalf of Our parents Um, Especially when you begin to look at the curriculum And realise actually there are elements of the curriculum That might not necessarily Agree with some of the values That the Muslim community has Or let alone many other communities have as well Um, And as a result of that, when parents did start to inquire, they began to realise that, well, hang on a minute, we, we can't really allow sex and relationship education for our children. It, it clearly conflicts with our views about family and society. Um, to the point now when it became almost mandatory, and th- this case that you highlighted actually is a very interesting case in Birmingham, um, that there was... Um, parents protesting outside the school there was um and the state really got involved to the point where um individuals were prevented from uh well were restricted actually from entering a particular vicinity within Mm -hmm. the confines of the school so um
1: do you not feel that's a contradiction that on one hand we're saying freedom of speech is a free world uh, and and this agenda is being force down our throats or certainly it's as i mentioned when we asked, asked by the question that that is you know it's mainstream now isn't it mm-hmm. be that in tv shows and movies and advertisement and so on and so forth social media as you mentioned uh, and then on the other side when parents were vo- voicing their concerns and raising their uh, opinions uh, then you're saying that uh, you know steps were taken where police got involved or legally they were stopped from coming to the school or whatever that's do you right. not feel that's a contradiction?
0: Absolutely and, and I think that increases the frustration of of communities when they have a certain set of values and they feel as though they're not heard they feel as though that the state is intervening to the point where um, their values are being eroded and, and that puts a big question mark about do secular liberal values um uh, tolerate other other values, and and that's a big question in itself. Mm. Um, I mean, the Jewish community in London, in Manchester, in Leeds, they are, are very open and quite challenging against uh, teaching sex and relationship education in primary schools. Um, m- many quarters within the Christian denominations that also feel the same, um, and so I I, I think. It's, I think it was important for the Muslim community to put their stance forward. Um, and it's good that we did take a lead in that. I, th- I think it actually it highlights that the Muslim community is willing to sometimes go against the grain. And I think that reflects the idea of maturity of this community, that they are not going to be silenced. They're not going to be uh, hidden away and, like you said, bury their heads in the sand, but actually challenge, question, confront, uh, debate, discuss with some of the uh, issues that they face as a community here. So
1: again, I think what you're saying is a reflection of a minority of Muslim parents, uh, you know, Muslim leaders who are willing to raise their concerns, etc. If you look at it as a percentage and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, mm-hmm. uh, you have more experience in this, in this matter than I do. I can only look at it from my perspective, that maybe 10 to 20% of parents and community leaders and elders were raising their voice were uh, concerned about this uh, and and trying to do what they could to to prevent uh, you know this as a discussion or a subject um, being taught to their children but 80 percent of parents 90 percent of parents like you said drop their children off at the school gates and they're oblivious uh, to an extent uh, or, or disinterested and there's a number of factors and reasons for that you know some who just come from a working class background and then and there's no way of disrespecting them or disregarding that uh, and that's not my intention but i'm just saying generally you find uh, that they come from a working black back uh, working class mm-hmm. background get it right and uh, essentially they're not as uh clued on or as interested because they've got other priorities uh, similarly like you said uh, you know it was something that was being done in the background for a number of years we can say maybe decades uh, Mm -hmm. and it just seemed to uh, become uh, prevalent on the front line uh, pretty much seamlessly uh, and overnight in that sense so would you say that what you're saying is a reflection of the minority as opposed to the majority or do you feel now as a teacher uh, and working in the education sector that people are more aware of this
0: it's, it's a difficult one to, to, to answer. M- maybe I can make just one particular point. There's so many points I'd, li- I'd like mm. to raise, but uh, probably the easiest way to say it that is that there's a, there's a silent majority who are opposed to it. But because of the values subscribed by a state, um, it ends up being uh, the opinion of the society as a whole, or it's perceived that the majority accept it. Actually, there's a lot of people who don't really accept it. Um, My interaction with uh, adults as well as students, um, they might remain silent because that doesn't necessarily mean that they subscribe or agree to those values, Um, but they could be vehemently opposed to it, but they've not said anything at that moment in time. Um, But when you... the, The person who's running the show... If there's a few individuals who are running the show, but there are thousands who are part of the audience, those individuals who are running the show can make it seem like the majority uh, opinion, and I think that's what's happened here. I think my experiences of of being at school when I was a young kid. I mean, it was not it was not tolerated. Not I won't say not tolerated, but it was um, it was not an acceptable lifestyle. Um, I, I, I think that's probably a polite way of, of, of saying it. Um, Fast
1: forward 20 years, 30 years. Yes. Dare I say 40. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's completely different now, isn't it? There is an acceptance to an extent.
0: I, th- I think there are the pressures of public opinion to sort of, if you speak against certain values, it's, uh, it's shunned because those are quote-unquote uh, prescribed values of the society or the state. Um, But that does not mean that communities who don't agree with those lifestyles um, are not able to express their opinions. I mean, it's well known where religious communities uh, stand uh, with regards to, uh, you know, So with this particular issue,
1: you're saying that two years ago, you guys all came together. How many were there in a team, in this team of uh, teachers? Uh, we had about six, seven that came the first time to Al Hikam in 2019, I think.
0: That's right. There's quite mm-hmm. a few brothers who are involved. And uh, sisters. Yes, yeah. um, that's right. Up and down the country, in fact. Um, I mean, I would say a prelude to this was some work that began probably about 10 years ago, if I can maybe slightly okay, uh, change the topic, when sex and relationship education became an issue. Um And there were presentations that were delivered in uh, masjids and madrasas, uh, predominantly masjids. um, And I remember delivering one um, to a madrasa not far from the city centre because it was trying to create an awareness about what is sex and relationship education Mm. and what is being taught to your children. Um, And my experiences, I mean, maybe I can leave that to a later point about my experiences in terms of teaching sex and relationship education um, having been a teacher um, are quite varied um, and there's some very stark uh, and shocking examples actually that maybe parents do need to know about um, and hear about what's going on in schools um, I mean I'd, I'd, I'd question at uh, the age of our audience and maybe that might allow me to think about what examples that might be relevant I mean if our audience is of a younger nature, then maybe I should restrict some of the examples I... No, no, we've
1: got an audience uh, from different backgrounds in terms of age. Uh, This isn't a madrasa assembly. So (laughs) feel free. Uh, It's an open hand. Uh, So whatever you feel is obviously respectful and and within the uh, perimeters of the Sharia. Uh And If you you feel that you need to mention them examples, go for it.
0: Yeah. um, So as as I said, uh, a collection of brothers uh, started to engage in some work because of the need to protect the commun- uh, Muslim community and to actually alert parents about some of these challenges. Um, what really took off over, over the last two years, which Assad, uh, Brother Assad alluded to, was the clear focus on the LGBT uh, agenda, um, what is behind it and how the Muslim community now needs to articulate a response uh, to, to this issue. Um, so um, Going back to some of the examples, uh, sex education is not a new thing. I mean, I still remember as a young kid, I I, I couldn't really understand what the fuss was about, why some students or uh, some of my friends were removed from class because of a sex education lesson. But as you get older, you begin to realize actually there is something that me as a Muslim, I I need to take into account now what's going on as, as a Muslim growing up. Do I agree to this? Do I not agree to it? As a parent, what where do I stand? What should I do? Um, so over the last couple of years, we started to go to quite a lot of uh, madrasas. Alhamdulillah, many many madrasas and masajids have been uh, open uh, and very welcoming, uh, including Al Hikam, inshallah, uh, to allow us to really access uh, students and parents to be able to raise this issue. Um, so I think the community has been very warm on this issue because we're still looking for avenues and approaches about how to raise this issue with schools, with governors, with other parents, uh, with like-minded individuals from other communities as well. Um, how do we present our case and how how do we intellectualise this idea uh, to the authorities?
1: And, and do you feel to an extent that you've achieved that, at Asadbhai, uh since you've started this... Uh, you know, this process of dialogue with the children predominantly and parents and, and others, do you feel that you've achieved what you set out to back then?
2: We are achieving, um, but there is, I think, still a long way to go. Um, we have had in Bradford in, and in surrounding areas, you know, some madrasas, um, a number of different discussions, events, so, you know, for example, here, we did the, you know, the children's assembly. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Yeah, in
1: 2019, you guys came and did with the yeah, boys. That's and right. And I think the sisters then came and did the, the girls' side. It was a
2: girls' side. That's uh, right.
1: And then we had you two weeks ago as well, uh, just to refresh the uh, knowledge on this subject matter. Yes. Uh, an online experience. Um, so that was uh, two weeks ago. So we've had three assemblies over yes. the last 2 years on this uh, on this concerning on this issue uh, issue uh, lgbtq mm. uh, and i think the the intention with the assemblies um is just to educate isn't it and and to right. raise awareness and, and uh-huh. to give the uh, the young minds an islamic perspective on this discussion yeah um like you said earlier we can say that it is haram as mentioned in the quran and sunnah we're going to come to that discussion later mm. uh, and and mention them uh, verses of the Quran and Hadith and Mubaraka, but it's just about having that dialogue uh, and giving them a different perspective, uh, narrative, understanding, uh, and not just allowing them to be brainwashed uh, yeah. and their minds polluted by what they uh, what they hear and what they see in in school and out of school as well. Yeah,
2: exactly. So yeah. the other you know kind of things we've done is um, have like um, you know um, Ustad. Uh, teacher workshops so to talk to okay. the teachers you know about this issue and how best to you know present it to the their, their classes um so that's you know for the Ostads we've we've done a community so one
1: off the top of your head how many madrasas would you have said that you visited in the last two years in Bradford to raise awareness uh, and to yeah, educate Bradford. youngsters on this issue
2: about 13 14 15 okay, or something. that's yeah. good to hear yeah
1: between different denominations 50s? I'm assuming different Absolutely Different
2: yeah. Yeah. Sects um, in that sense yeah. You know Whatever our, our you know, is and fiqh is and, and so on yeah. um, You know As as Muslims And as a, as a community You know We believe in the kalima uh, We have more to be unified on Than to be disunified on So you know These are some of the things Where you know The qatai issues The definitive issues in Islam um, And particularly those You know Which with the, the community And our youth Are now facing as a challenge mm. Um, you know, Alhamdulillah, what we found is all the, the you know the, the madaris and the institutions we've spoken to, they are, they are unified. Um, a few, you know, they, 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 they were actually quite active in this already. You know, they're doing their own lessons and own discussions for for some time. You know, so we provided them some uh, input in, into that journey they're already having, uh, they're already taking. So it's been a very good experience. And you know, to um, to answer that question is that we are, uh, Alhamdulillah, achieving. As we're going along, you know, but there is a lot more to do. Like you were saying, you know, linked to that point, the reason I said that is because, um, you know, you were saying 80, 90% of people, you know, they'll ignore. They don't know how to talk about this. Uh, they may not take any action.
1: It is a sensitive you know? issue. I mean, imagine our parents having the dialogue and discussion with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, we're a bit more, uh, you know, certainly with yourself, Nasser by, uh, you know, your father maybe of, of the second generation, you know, maybe he wouldn't have had that dialogue with you or maybe he did. I don't know what your experiences, were well growing up, but...
0: No, no. Um, I don't think... Uh, I, th- I think the, the closest thing was uh, Boy George and Culture Club. I don't know. That might be showing my age uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it was... Um, it was not really a conversation. It just was kind of, like, dismissed or left, laughed at and maybe just as a passing comment. Because it was just not the norm But I remember as, as I got older um, You know the discussion about family The discussion about marriage The discussion about men and women And, and uh, the, the greatest thing about Islam One of the greatest things about Islam Is its protection of the family and, and this is one of the beauty things of Islam Beautiful things of Islam That it protects society by protecting the family And when you look at the Sharia rules If you take them in isolation they probably don't make the sense but when you start to put the dots together and you say well okay why this rule why that rule why is there separation between the sexes why why all these rules about marriage you realize actually the rules are there to protect and preserve identity of the family it's the bedrock of the society
1: and and similarly uh, similarly should i say with this particular issue uh, islam and and the sharia is very clear and staunch uh, that the uh, the punishment Mm. the had uh, for uh, this particular sin uh, sodomy homosexuality uh, is uh, essentially uh, that uh, due to the um, the, the severity of the sin and the corruption that it can cause in the land, mm-hmm. uh, some fuqaha have gone as far as saying that there is nothing less than the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Imam Malik, for example, saying that throw them off the uh, the cliff and, and, and after them throw a boulder uh, and they were very severe and staunch in this. I mean, that's obviously uh, where Sharia law applies and is practiced and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always been to, like you say, the Sharia uh, puts these uh, qawaid and, and rules in place to protect the family unit uh, and also to protect fasad and fitna uh, and corruption uh, in the earth as well. Hmm. So on the uh, from a, a, an outlooker's perspective, somebody who's looking into the religion, these uh, rules of Islam seem barbaric. Hmm. But in reality, like you said and very beautifully explained, it's always... Uh, to protect the, uh, the family unit and, and the sanctity of the family.
0: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's a very valid point. Um, sometimes we use the term severe nature, but actually it's a deterrence. Yeah. And you're right, it's to preserve and shape that society and mould it to particular values. Um, so and anything to do with extramarital relationships, anything to do with dishonouring um, a man or a woman, um, anything in terms of meeting in seclusion all of these things all of the sharia rules relating to the social uh, mm. setup of the society yeah. absolutely protects uh, the family unit yeah
1: and this is why islam is a complete code of life it's not just about ibadat and muamalat but it's also about your life in the home it's about your life in your community That's right. uh, and, and society at large and it's important uh, that we continue this process uh, process of educating people. uh, And that's something which you guys are doing really well. I mean, taking it one step further. I mean, that's you guys uh, when you're at work, when you're a professional, when you're a teacher, IT manager. What about a home? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming both of you are parents. You've got your children, Alhamdulillah. I've got two daughters as well. Uh, Both of them very young. We're now having that dialogue and conversation at home. Uh, Me and my wife about, do we send them to a state school? Uh, there's so many cons mm. as opposed to the pros um of sending them to a state school so as parents how would you say that you go about protecting your children so where mashallah you're doing these workshops and uh, lecturing and pre- presentations in madaris and schools and you've been doing that for a while now i mean that, that's protecting other people's children yes what are your experiences with your own children
2: so i would say um with with my children, that you know, I've I'm having these discussions. Um, Your eldest is, and my eldest is nearly nine nineteen. Mashallah. Um, mashallah. Uh, so and then, looks a lot younger, doesn't
1: he?
0: Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <mashallah>.
2: Yeah, <exactly. laughs> Um, she's nineteen, and then oh, my mashallah. other daughter is seventeen. Allah. Uh, my son is fourteen, nearly fifteen, and my mashallah. my youngest daughter, alhamdulillah, she's um, she's eight. She'll be nine. They're oh, just gosh. all at that stage where they're gonna skip one, you know, move one year forward, give a month or two, right? But, um, you know, my wife and I, um, you know, Alhamdulillah, we've been active in da'wah and discussions uh, for many, many years. And, you know, as part of our up, the bringing, of, up, bringing up of our children, um, you know, those questions you just asked and those topics you raised, you know, as as concerned parents, you know, we, so we, we talked about When was the first time them.
1: you had a conversation with, with your eldest daughter or any of your children on this matter?
2: Um, the first time, um, you put me on the spot... To be honest, I can't remember the first time, okay. but it was a long time ago. Okay. Um, and especially over the last three years, yeah. you know, it's because it's... The children are seeing it online. The children are seeing it on social media. Yeah. They see it, you know, in the day-to-day cartoons sometimes, the programs, you know. So as, as parents, you know, you as a concerned parent, we started talking, ab- t- started talking about these things with the children. And hopefully, you know, when, when we carry on the discussion, you know, and the way we talked about it, you know, in, th- in the uh, assemblies and with the teachers you know we've talked about these you know the whole concept of lgbt and then you know the wider societal issues linked to this you know the society we live in you know uh, islamic law against you know secular law because we live in a secular country yeah although officially it's, you know it's christian but it's a secular country so man makes rules and laws and you know the parliament the houses of parliament the government they decide what is right what is wrong through legislation so not just you know, because LGBT is is, it's a it's a topic within a wider you know kind of bubble, and it yeah. hasn't just arisen out of nowhere independent. The, the, the
1: ramifications and consequences of that agenda is is far-reaching. Yeah, you would say. Yes, I think it is. That summarizes that.
2: It is. Um, so you know, with with my children, you know, Alhamdulillah, um, you know, both my wife and myself, we're quite active in this. We haven't, you know, shun away from it. Good. Um, good. And it's you know different to so the at home
1: and obviously in your professional life. Yes. In both yeah. sectors or both aspects, you're quite active. You're saying.
2: So in the professional work, uh, my work, you know, so my colleagues, I I discuss it with them, you know, when the topic arises. Sometimes, so in especially a lot of the you know the non-Muslim colleagues, they it's uh, for some you know a lot of them it's a private thing. They sometimes may be shy in talking about it, you know. And it really depends, uh, like Nasser, I think, mentioned at the beginning about, you know, once you get to know someone and, you know, there's there's that trust. And when you really speak to someone about this, what their, you know, real feelings and thoughts are, then they will come, you know, they will explain it to you. Oh, so, yeah, pen. it depends, you know, with different people, is different. But Alhamdulillah, where I, in the places I've worked, there are many Muslims, um, you know, locally here and other places. And, um, you know, I've, I've been involved in the masjid for so a long, long time, so... You know, everywhere I go, I, I certainly discuss it. I definitely discuss it
1: home, People do outside. bring to our attention. In fact, brothers messaged me, uh, one of my students, Jewel from um, Oldham, he's actually messaged saying that he discussed this uh, podcast with his niece earlier on today about LGBT being the, uh, LGBTQ uh, being the topic of discussion. And he actually said and mentioned in the message that uh, his niece's uh, RE teacher, she actually discusses uh, LGBTQ with the students at school, and she's a Muslim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you're saying that you've had dialogue and conversations. Obviously, we can only speak about our own personal experiences, mm. but there are, uh, and that's him sharing his personal experience. There's other experiences where, obviously, if you read um, certain uh, social media posts or uh, what people put out there, uh, you know, it, it's a common thing where you guys are taking a brave stance and going against the norm and saying that it's wrong and, you know, you're expressing your right to religious freedom. We do find, sadly, unfortunately, some Muslim teachers in schools, uh, primary and secondary schools, who actually are pro-LGBTQ. So what where do we draw the line and, 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 and are they right to go down that route, would you say, or... Uh, is there a need for them to rethink their the strategy and process?
0: I I, th- I think you're absolutely right. They they will need to rethink their strategy and their process. I think they need to align their perspectives, maybe from their religion, from their dean. Um, and I think it's important that those individuals um, do engage with pe- people who have a religious background. Um, otherwise, I th- I think what you can end up doing is taking ideas that are actually the predominant ideas in the society uh, and think that they're acceptable. So I think it's important to re- always reassess that uh, is my stance on this from, uh, from what perspective is it? Um, am, am I taking an Islamic view? Or am I taking a secular view? And if you start to take a secular view but have an Islamic belief, you're going to find all sorts of contradictions mm. with your ideas. And as a own. person,
1: you're going to be conflicted that's right with where you stand and and then obviously that's going to uh, Impact come across your life. to the students as well yes mm-hmm. it
0: will it will come across against the students and also in your own life as well you you'll have mm-hmm. a particular belief but then your behaviour may not reflect or necessarily reflect, reflect uh, your your belief so I, I think you're absolutely right i think it is important uh, not to just i mean it, it may be perceived as uh, only teaching but actually there are some Elements of values that conflict with the Islamic values as well And I think th- those are things that need to be raised So if it's to create a discussion To, to get an opinion or an assessment of people's views and um, For example, euthanasia Euthanasia is um, the, the right, or I won't say right But all the idea of the individual wanting to take his or her own life Now Islam's view is quite clear on that that life is sacred, it's something uh, sanctified in Islam and, and it's not for the individual to take uh, that right uh, but rather it is a right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and so what we don't do is take the opinion of the society because the society's opinions actually fluctuate, they change and Western societies with liberalism or secular liberalism has constantly been changing the parameters of morality Uh, and the goalposts have been forever changing. So why would you want to take a yardstick which is forever changing compared to the yardstick which Allah and His Messenger have given us, Mm -hmm. which is very clear, very fixed, and very firm?
1: Hmm. Mashallah, very beautifully uh, explained. And and, and Asad Bai was obviously sharing his experiences. Asad Bai, uh, similarly with your children, uh, how did you go about having this conversation with them, uh, any advice that you can give to those who are watching? Um, and, and similarly, uh, how did then the kids respond to the, the conversations and the dialogue that you
0: had with them? Um, I've got three older children and I've got two younger children. So the two younger children, I mean, my youngest, he's 10 months old. So um, I, I, old won't have this, <laughs> I won't have the conversation just yet. I won't have the conversation just yet. But my elder... Uh, kids i mean i remember having a conversation with them um about there there were other issues there've been a range of issues that have arisen as they've grown into their teenage years Uh, and that's when they begin to experience some of these discussions in school and they start to formulate their own understanding and reassess what i'm hearing is it a reflection of what i believe in and what i am and what my true values are and there's always that reassessment. And I think that's why parenting is, is so crucial and critical at this moment in time. Definitely. Because our children, when they're 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, they are formulating their own ideas. And if we, if we don't intervene and guide them and support and help them and hold their hand, really, hold their hand in this journey whilst we are parenting them, then we're going to lose them. Um, but so, coming back to the point, I mean I remember having a conversation about th- there were something slightly off the topic, but it was to do with uh prevent and uh terrorism because it was the thing going back um i'm talking about eight nine years yeah. ago yeah. Uh, because my eldest is twenty one now so <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um so I remember you know him quite vividly going into school- school and raising these issues and um, it was important I felt it was so important about he understands where he stand, stands on this issue and and how he can articulate those things um, in a school environment um, i I think something quite specific wasn 't raised about LGBT um, but i do, I do remember having a my my cousin 's son having a very frank and open discussion with his teachers about this issue. Um, And sometimes you don't become very popular. Okay, But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about being popular Mm -hmm. with the teachers because it's about putting your right foot forward and putting your case forward um, and never being scared of actually what the society or what your friends may uh, say about that issue. So if you've got a point of view, which is the Islamic point of view, then you, you have a right to express it and let it be known. And, and don't, don't allow something the opposite to your opinion become the dominant idea. In fact, the Muslims should be very courageous to raise these points uh, within the school setting or within the family setting.
1: That's not, again, uh, the, the, the norm. Uh, sadly, unfortunately, we see many masajid uh, and many ulama ikram Um, and I'm not just looking at Bradford I'm looking nationwide uh, who might shy away from having these discussions Um, many Madaris I mean 13 uh, Madaris in two years that's what you said right Uh, but looking at it proportionally I think we've got 129 Masajid slash Madaris here in Bradford so 13 is what maybe 10% if that
2: you can cut out the last year
1: Okay, yeah, because that's a bit because, of a write off um, for everyone, isn't it? It's a bit of a write off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But generally speaking, in, a, the two, three years, I mean, you know, madrasas have been online, like we had you guys in two weeks ago, mm. you know, they could have explored that option. But why is it, do you feel, that masajid are not really tackling this issue? Aimma Hazrat scholars, uh, with the exception of a few uh, mm-hmm. who are not tackling these issues. Do you feel it's a generation thing? Do you feel that Mossad is generally touch more upon uh, you know, the historical events that have taken place as opposed to current issues and challenges and problems that we face? I mean, you guys, obviously, uh, both of you born and bred in Bradford. So yeah, you, I wasn't born here Oh you wasn't born I've lived
2: here. in London You know for about 10 years of my Achcha, life mashallah, Earlier, yeah. So yes okay You've had A, after that, you know, a bit first. of an open uh,
1: Lifestyle in yeah, that I sense London is very time. open Isn't it Absolutely. London is yeah w- Which yeah. part
2: of London Um, uh, East East London Achcha, I was there as uh, Imam yeah. uh, Waltham store for two East years Waltham store Okay yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waltham
1: store And uh, Masjid de and In Ilford Okay yeah, East Tam I was in I was living in East Tam So it's
2: interesting Yeah it's um A very important question Yeah You know it's. Um, I think there needs to be a a, a culture shift and a, a shift in the mindset of the, the ulama and the scholars and the you know the muftis and and so on, because sometimes, especially, you know, I think you'll agree with me, the majority of the community will have uh, contact with them uh, during Juma, and sometimes you know when in madrasa times, right. So at Jummah times, you know what, what kind of topics are our imams and our khatibs talking about? Yeah, like you said, you know sometimes it's like you know based upon a, a verse of the Quran or ayat or a historical event or something, which is needed. But what is also needed from time to time, um, and consistently and regularly, is addressing a topical issue which the Muslim community and especially the youth are facing. So like you said last week, you know you talked about drugs. Um, we have to talk about drugs. Yeah. We have to talk about LGBT. We have to talk about you know free mixing. We have to talk about um, like you that you know young girl who took her own life. Yeah. Every level of our community, we need to start talking about. If we don't know how to talk about them, let's ask the question. So you know when we represented presented you know to many many madaris we came here, we had to sit and think about that first. We had to think about what's the best way to address this. What is the issue we're talking about? You know what's the agenda with LGBT? What's the problem? What's what's the thing? What's the best way to talk about it? And that's how we slowly developed. And you know the 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 beauty of da'wah and conversation is this: when you when you talk, when you listen to these people and you listen to their arguments back, then you develop more thinking and you develop yeah. you know a, a better way to talk. And that's you know as 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 you know you know as Muslims we are instructed to do you know to. Uh, have conversation with wisdom you know, ah, well, with all the
1: khusana, that when you speak to the people be kind, exactly. generous, don't be that's harsh right. uh, in your nature I think that's very important that's right. because in this particular uh, topic and discussion it's very easy to offend someone mm-hmm. So how would we go about uh, having this discussion without offending anyone
0: so this is a re- really good point actually um, because what we need to do is discuss the idea And as you mentioned earlier, separate it from the person. This discussion is not personal to a particular individual. Again,
1: it's similar to what we said a couple of podcasts ago hate the sin, not the sinner. And that's something we've got to keep in mind when we're having that dialogue, when we're having that discussion. Good, okay.
0: Absolutely. Um, I mean, some of the points we need to, some of the points that we have raised with madrasas um, as part of the presentation has been about. important themes that have been connected to LGBT. So it's justification. And one of the justification is that, well, there are some animals who are uh, may uh, sort of hint at homosexual behavior and mm, therefore it's have acceptable. Tendencies. That's right. Yeah. So we've had to look at uh, that perspective and de- you know, kind of, uh, um, how can I put it, kind of dismantle that actually animal behavior is not uh, a model behavior for humans uh, because there are many things that animals do that not, are not really a, a model for, for human behavior.
1: No, we as humans, yeah. we've been created in the best of forms uh, and, and ultimately we are uh, you know, the, the greatest of Allah Almighty's creation. Uh, so there's definitely a difference between animal behavior and human behavior, that's right. uh, and that's something I think you highlight in the PowerPoint as well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, presentation with the kids, uh, and and tackle it from that perspective. So that's good. You yeah, know, can I mention
2: PowerPoint on this? So you know, when I was yeah. talking about this with my with my children, uh, my son said, "How do they know that animals do it because of that reason?" Yeah. So it's a really good question, isn't it? <laughs> you know, uh. how do the the people who say, as a proof of LGBT that Lions, for example, male on male, penguins, you know, they, they studied their behavior. How, how do they know and why did they use it as a proof? So mm. I thought that was a very good question. Um,
1: to which you said.
2: To which I said, well, they, they don't know. All they're doing is they're observing the behavior
1: and. And drawing their own conclusions. Because
2: you, you, yeah, and drawing their own conclusions because people can't communicate with lions and penguins and other, mm. you know, <laughs> animals.
0: Yeah. So I thought and that was that, good. Yeah, yeah. And, and they don't have the thought process that we do. Allah has elevated us hmm. and one of the key distinguishing feature is the faculty of thinking and deciding um, and following his guidance or, you know, neglecting his guidance. So the mind is a very powerful tool to distinguish between right and wrong. As well. on,
1: on this particular issue, guidance has not just come in the Quran, yani Surah Al-A'raf, if you look at verses 80 to 84, uh, similarly in the Ahadith Mubarak of Rasul Akram sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam uh, narration mentioned in jami al-Tirmizi sharif uh, where the prophet sallallahu <laughs> alaihi wa sallam said inna akhwafa ma ummati amalu qaumi lut uh, the prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam said uh, as jabir is the narrator that the thing i fear the most uh, for my people is what lut alayhis salam's people did yani mm-hmm. sodomy homosexuality mm-hmm. and like i said allah almighty makes mention of this um, in uh, Surah Al-A'raf, uh, which is the 7th uh, chapter of the Quran, verse 80 onwards. Uh, and then, like I was saying, it's not just in the Quran, uh, which is another element and aspect of the discussion you have uh, when when delivering these presentations and having these discussions with the kids. It's also the same message in the Bible, the Injil, in its original form. Mm. Uh, it's the same message in the Torah. And all of the divine scriptures of Allah Almighty, Jalla So, man has moved away from what Allah has ordained Mm -hmm. and Rasulullah has ordained uh, for his Mm ummah. And, like you said, we are following our own whims and desires Mm -hmm. uh, without using our own intellect and uh, rationale Mm -hmm. to justify our actions. Uh, And, in all honesty, uh, there's no real way of justifying it, is there? No, no.
0: Um, So. There were other things that we we do focus on in the presentation. Sorry, yeah. if I just come back to. G
1: um, That was my religious input, by the way. So you it's guys it's, carry it's on. such an important point. I, you know,
0: this is uh, although we haven't focused on that. It, yeah. We have to realize actually the discussion is pinned on this premise about G-G, what, what does course. Islam uh, how Islam views this uh, act or this kind of lifestyle. Which
1: cut on uh, homosexuality, a major sin from amongst the kabair, Uh, And it is and haram, sodomy And it's impossible for someone to say that I'm gay and Muslim at the same time Uh, Especially if you consider that act to be lawful Uh, Doing it as a sin But not considering it to be lawful uh, Wouldn't take you outside the falls of Islam But certainly if you were to consider it lawful Then that person would be a kafir uh, Because you're making something which is haram into uh, lawful yani halal uh, so it, it's not possible uh, and it's uh, something which uh, contradicts uh, the the ethos and the norm uh, that you say that you are a muslim but at the same time you you identify yourself as being gay mm-hmm. I, I think there was a documentary a couple of months ago uh, and during lockdown we all watched a few documentaries i think this issue was tackled uh, on bbc uh, uh, regarding the uh, nature or the homosexual Behavior among certain um, individuals in Pakistan. I don't know if you came across this. Uh, it, it's something I, I worth no. uh, you know looking into and watching. Uh, and it was mind-boggling uh, how mm. this is even a bigger issue and more strife in a Muslim country, oh. yeah. i.e., Pakistan. Uh, you know, and, and and it's 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 it's, it's something which uh, again it, it was mind-boggling when I watched it but uh, you know it, it's happening out there and, and and you know young muslims are identifying themselves as being muslim and being gay at the same time and and this is how this is impossible it contradicts mm-hmm. so uh, how you know these conflicting um uh, arguments and like i said going back to the question and the discussion that we're having having this discussion without offending anyone but sometimes it's not possible to have the discussion without offending because they're saying if you're saying you're gay and you're Muslim, then uh, sorry, <laughs> brother, you know, you, it's is, a contradiction. It, not possible,
2: yeah. is it? So it's like you know a Muslim saying, uh, "I'm a Muslim, but and, and I'm a drug dealer." Yeah. Uh, "I'm a Muslim and I'm a womanizer." Yeah. You know, "I'm a Muslim and I'm a thief," or "I'm a Muslim and I'm a murderer." So it's a contradiction, you know, because the Islamic point of view on these things is clear. Uh, you know, they're not allowed. Uh, like you said, most all of the scriptures, you know, from uh, from uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala, the original uh, scriptures, the ones that we believe in. Um, you know, it's forbidden. But the society that we live in, um, you know and point very good point you mentioned about um, you know how, how do they uh, present this, how do they show the proofs and and so on. And it's done in a way where you know the the society here, you know it's um it's a secular society, like I was saying before. It's not a um, a religious society, so that means that when it comes to public life, the rules and the laws are made by human beings. You know, the the government that is elected, you know, it's the government we have today, they're the ones who legislate what is right and wrong. So in 1967, they legislated homosexuality is now right, whereas before it was wrong. And you could actually go to prison for being, um, you know, saying I'm a homo- homosexual in this country, you know, a few it's years uh, ago. Prior to
1: 1967. That's 1967, right. that's right. It's actually, uh, because I was a student of yours two weeks ago, it's actually also... Um, illegal in how many states or countries in uh, Africa?
2: In the majority of them. Just yeah.
1: one. Yeah, and it's, it's, only
0: it's only lawful one, in one. one. Yeah, yeah, the Country, majority. Which is South Africa. That's right. South Africa.
1: Uh, of all of the states and countries in uh, um, uh, Africa, the whole yeah. continent. Yeah. Uh, so again, there's some places that still uphold uh, human values. This is a mm-hmm. human, uh, you know, yeah. it's not just a religious argument and discussion. It's, it's against the the norm uh, of human nature, uh, where the, the the cliche is what it's always been, uh, uh, Adam and Eve, not uh, Adam, and Steve, no, Adam and Steve, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, or as they say, Adam and Steve, right? So uh, you know that's that it's human nature. So, uh, so you're saying prior to 1967, if anyone identified themselves as being homosexual, they'll be imprisoned, or uh, they could go to they could go to. Power? I
2: don't think there was it wasn't as severe as the the. Uh the punishment wasn't severe, that severe okay. uh, they could potentially go to prison uh, depending on what they did maybe publicly yeah. or something um but the the reason for mentioning that was that um you know the the concept of what is good and what is bad if it's left to the mind of man, it constantly changes hmm. so in the you know fifties sixties seventies it was um sorry in sixties and and fifties and before it was outlawed yeah um and since then you know we've seen. Um as you mentioned at the beginning this whole agenda you know to bring this um you know more and more into the into the 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 front and to to legalize it yeah. based on the trends of you know what people are saying in society but that's one of the another argument you know that that is put forward that um you know so this is you know it's it's our freedom this is our choice we you know we're able to do what we want um so when you know, as Muslims, when we say that look, this is you know, like you were saying, Adam is uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and from an Islamic point of view, you know, and religious point of view, it's it's not allowed, and and so on, which we know is correct. Yeah. So, and then the response to that from you know the proponents of LGBTs, I you know this this is you know it's quite backward. You know your religious stance is quite backward. Um, and then like you know NASA was saying, okay, let, let's get into the discussion then. Okay, what what are you proposing? You know, why 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 is it you believe LGBT uh, or identifying as such, you know, is, is correct. And then we get into these discussions about okay, well, one proof is that the animals are, you know, they they show these behaviors. Nasser Bai touched upon, yeah. He's touched upon that. And the and another one is that um, you know, where um, times are, are moved on, we're in the modern world. Mm. Right? And, you know, we have to move forward and this is progress. So it's linked to that idea of you know good and bad, you know being decided by man. So, and this is why I mentioned in, in the in the in the sixties, you know, homosexuality was was legalized. You know now we have you know now it's protected. So you know if you are uh, homophobic and you show, you know you do something illegal against you know people identifying as such, you know it's you you can get punished now. So the the concept of good and bad constantly changes um, mm-hmm. because if man is left to Make his own devices. His own device, as you said before, it's like you know you're worshiping your own desires. Yeah. You know, as the Quran says, we do, we do as Muslims. We don't worship our own desires. No. We have a constant measure and a constant basis of what is right and what is wrong, which is the Quran and the Sunnah, yeah. and that is from you know Allah subhanahu wa taala, uh, from the Creator. So, if somebody wants to question you, question me, and the Muslims about, you know. Um, why, do you, why are you so stern about this? Why are you so fixed about that? This is wrong. You know, is there no kind of flexibility on this? It's because we believe in a creator and we believe in Allah. So it's a matter of and faith. It is a matter of faith.
1: And it comes down to and, Iman, doesn't it?
2: And we can, we can have that discussion. It's not, it's not faith without evidence. We can prove Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, exists. Yeah. We can prove that the Quran is the word of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala is the final miracle. miracle. Yeah. Um, so it does eventually lead to a creedal discussion. Right after eventually talking about these, you know, pros and cons and arguments, you know, so um uh, uh,
1: questions come in. Yes, I won't hmm. say from who, uh, though our uh, live chat today on YouTube is quite quiet. Uh, mashallah, you've been identified uh, by probably one of your students or somebody who you know. I'm not sure, he's given you a shout out, okay, uh, brother Shaib Rahman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Smashing your Yes. Sir. Uh, so I'm not sure, uh, uh, you know, if you know him or... Thank you, Alan. Uh, uh, gee, I mashallah. call him Alan. Uh, and generally, uh, I, mean, I mean, even with this discussion, maybe because I'm the host today and I'm as obviously uh, not with us today and and and, and, and that kind of uh, the push that he gives on his social media. We've got about 50 brothers and sisters watching, mashallah. Sure. It's one of them topics where, again, going back to what I said earlier, some people do bury their heads in the sand. Uh, Others have that concern, you know, where we normally have 150 to 200 people watching. Um, Certainly in the last episode that we did, uh, sects in Islam, uh, that that was quite uh, popular uh, in terms of viewership. Um, But again, you know, do uh, share this particular link with your family members and friends. Subscribe to the channel if you're new and watching for the first time. Uh, because of AA. Uh, So please do uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, But just a a general reflection, isn't it? Uh, That if it was a, um, uh, you know, one of them firework topics uh, or a topic where there's a lot of entertainment or, you know, some juicy discussion, whereas this is actually a a serious discussion uh, because it's concerning. So one of the questions that has come through is that what's the best way to deliver the counter-narrative to young people. I mean, we've touched upon this in our discussion. Uh, I mean, you guys as teachers in the education sector, you've been doing this. Uh, similarly, as parents, we have a responsibility to uh, to play. Uh, you know, if you're a youth worker, for example, or you're, you're in a, a position where you engage with youngsters like we do in the madrasa, what would you say, apart from using the examples that we have and repeating ourselves, uh, what would you say is the best uh, counter uh, a way to deliver the counter-narrative to young people Nassibai.
0: it's a very good question um, let's go through the points so the first one we mentioned previously was about um, animals um, and it's uh, you know they're not a model behaviour for us number one uh, another p- <laughs> point that we'd raise in the um, presentations is when two adults consent uh, two consenting adults because they're consenting therefore it's, it's a good thing but actually no just because two adults consent, the consent of two adults, if both parties agree to carry out this act, does not make it right. Mm. Um,
1: in fact, it will it will uh, upset the balance in society, won't it?
0: Well, e- even if two people consent, or even if, let's say, yes, it would upset the balance, but let's say even if 60 million people consent, yeah, as Asad mentioned, actually... The consent is not by the people to decide yeah, what is yeah. right and wrong. For us as Muslims, the consent has to be from Allah and His Messenger. And we've got so, the
1: example of Hazrat Luthor and how Allah Almighty dealt with His nation, yes. uh, His people, because of them being involved in sodomy, being involved in homosexuality. And uh, despite him uh, you know, being quite stern and severe with His people, they refused to, as many of the uh, followers of the uh, Prophet's, uh, respective Prophet's, uh, refused to follow uh, the message and the, and the guidance given by The uh, uh, But uh, the reality is uh, That uh, you know uh, Is Allah Almighty going to send a Punishment like that now Or do we, f- do we see that the Punishments are now taking form in, in, in different ways
0: You know this is something I was about to talk about oh, Actually, No no it's a very good point I'm glad you uh, uh, channeled the conversation In that way um, The You see the thing is um, this is uh, a divine decree from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala. Sorry. This is how He has dealt with uh, the, that society or that community of people Who refuse to be obedient to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala. How Allah chooses and wishes to deal with the society today is entirely up to Him But some of the apparent signs, the other ways that you mentioned I mean when I think about it um, there are many medical diseases connected to this uh, this act uh, number one Uh, number two we know that society is affected uh, because the family unit collapses because how can you marry i mean you can have a marriage ceremony but actually can you have children no so there's an elimination of having children or having a family unit you end up with low birth rates Um, And then there is uh, less children actually to look after uh, a growing elderly population. Uh, There's a larger tax burden. Uh, There are all sorts of issues that arise Mm. when your birth rate begins to diminish because of uh, this type of lifestyle becoming uh, dominant or very Mm. uh, apparent in society. So I I think in terms of punishments, I mean, when I was a growing teenager, there was a big campaign about HIV and AIDS mm. um, In the 90s uh, 80s and 90s mm. and, and that isn't so much That isn't apparent I mean I remember adverts coming on very regularly Every day you'd find an advert about AIDS The biggest community suffering from AIDS Is the homosexual community Yeah. Um, and that's not spoken about That's not talked about And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Uh, He not only sends a means and the spread of disease, I think this is mentioned in a narration, that when uh, illicit relationships, uh, sexual relationships become apparent, then there are diseases which are not being able to be controlled. And we can see uh, the the promiscuity in, in societies where relationships, not just between men and men, but between men and women, which are outside of wedlock. And there are so many sexually transmitted diseases, uh, viral diseases, bacterial diseases, which even antibiotics are struggling to cope um, with those diseases because they are antibiotic resistant.
1: Well, these are from amongst the minor signs of the last hour, uh, unknown illnesses and diseases that will become apparent, homosexuality that will be on the rise and increase. Uh, We actually covered this yesterday in, in one of the lessons that we had Aqeedah, uh, 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 one of the books that we teach, foundational books, uh, badul amali uh, and it's, it's under point number 32 where the Musannif, the author, talks about uh, the descent of Sayyidina Isa and, and the emergence of Dajjal, uh, and then the translator, he goes into a full discussion regarding the minor and major signs of the last hour, uh, and there is a narration where the Prophet sallallahu sallam, said that uh, there will come a time where... Uh, an individual who is a young boy, he will be wide for in terms of uh, proposal. Uh, a man will make proposal towards a young boy just as eagerly as he would want to make a proposal to a virgin girl. Uh, these are the words within that narration that the Prophet mentioned. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is that element to it as well. Oh. But that doesn't mean we just take a, uh, take a step back and say, oh, it the shanyan. Mm, definitely that we don't need to say anything we don't need to do anything but mm. rather we'll all be questioned upon mm. uh, what did we do to deal with these uh, challenges and problems which we've touched upon throughout this discussion it's not just LV LB- lgbtq uh, but the other challenges and, and problems in our community, I mean, uh, the Prophet oh, so said, nice. Each and every one of you is a shepherd, and, and, you be your, uh, your flock, and mm-hmm. you'll be asked about your uh, your flock and you'll be asked about what you were given guardianship over. You know, mm-hmm. an Imam regarding his Muqtadees, uh, a husband regarding his wife, a father regarding his children, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, we all have this responsibility uh, and we have a role to play. Uh, be that as teachers in school, be that imams in mad- madrasas and asatiza, uh, be that parents in our homes. So we can't afford to just take a very uh, laid back, uh, a relaxed approach and attitude to this. Uh, rather, we've got to be active. We've got to have conversations with our children. We've got to know what uh, is being taught in our schools. Um, we've got to ask the imams in the masjid to at least touch upon this subject and yep. talk about it, if not in the uh, madrasa, then certainly on the Jummah occasion. And if we don't play our role, mm. then, uh, you know, just like the previous nations were punished by Allah Almighty. Like I said, we're not going to get a uh, a, 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 a bolt of lightning like Komi Musa got, uh, like uh, like in the uh, opening rukuz of Suratul Baqarah mm. or, uh, you know, the floods like uh, Qawmi Nuh Dislam suffered. Uh, Now uh, the the reality is that punishments come in different ways and diseases and illnesses that were not known like you said HIV and AIDS and and all these things uh, where even antibacterial uh, and medicines and and injections and whatever else it may be doesn't really uh, find a, a cure for them. So we've really got to wake up and understand that we have a responsibility and if we don't fulfill that responsibility then punishment will come in different ways. And it could be in the way that uh, uh, that Allah Almighty takes uh, risk away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we don't realize it. And we, and we think, yeah, you're, uh, we're praying five times a day. Uh, and we're doing what Allah Almighty has commanded us to do. But the Sharia isn't just about doing uh, the do's, if that makes sense. Uh, but it's also about staying away from the don'ts as well. Mm-hmm. Staying away from the prohibitions. Sharia is of twofolds. يَعْنِي بِالْمَعْرُوفِ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Mm-hmm. And, and we often focus upon mm-hmm. Ta'muruna bil ma'roof. Namasparo, Rosirako, jao. But Very rarely do we find people who are actually willing to make a stance and, and say uh, 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 that it's not just Ta'muruna bil ma'roof, but Tanhawna anil munkar as well. Mm-hmm. That is very important.
0: No, this is a very good point, to be honest. You're absolutely right. We're living in an age where, you know, we, we've seen oppression, uh, racism, we've seen abortion. We're living in an era where there's Islamophobia. All of these forms of oppression that are happening in front of our eyes. What, What do we as a Muslim do? Do we just ignore it and say, well, look, I've only been asked to pray and turn my back to all of these responsibilities? Or is the Muslim who fulfills his obligations to Allah, who prays, who fasts, who goes on hajj, who is active in the community who looks after his family who obeys his parents and who also gives his due right to people in the society and warns them as the prophets did of course the the muslim is the one who does all of those actions so he becomes a, a holistic personality he doesn't think that it's only himself that he has concern for the fikr is not just for himself but the fikr is for the ummah uh, of muhammad is why the Prophet
1: sallallahu alaihi wasallam said Salaam. Salaam. That this ummah It's one body And any part of the body That is affected The whole body uh, In essence Then feels the pain And suffering Uh, So if it's not affecting Us outright Or per se uh, Then we can't just Dismiss the issue Because it could be Affecting someone else Absolutely Absolutely.
0: So this example You mentioned It was a very good example Mm. Although I wasn't aware of The the lady who committed suicide Yeah This is This Mm. is something That every Muslim Needs to think about What did I do what is my responsibility when somebody commits suicide? What could I have done? What is my responsibility? And it's not about whether them being Muslim or not. You see, the Muslim has a responsibility to his society, to save that society, to protect that society, to remind them of this message of Islam. And so our re- obligations are far beyond you know, just me praying and me fasting, inshallah. It is that. But it is much more than that.
1: Do you feel to an extent, Asad Bai, that authorities have failed? Politicians, uh, you know, councils to an extent, uh, hearing the voice of the Muslims? And we, especially in Bradford, without taking names, we do vote for Muslim councillors, Muslim uh, MPs, politicians. Uh, To an extent, uh, you know, we're very disappointed when they don't really. Raise our concerns and issues I do know there's a party whip and there's lobbying and all that kind of stuff and I'm not naive to that Uh, But to an extent do you feel authorities have failed uh, to voice the concerns of Muslims and be careful what you say, by the way
2: Yes, um, so I've had this discussion many times and uh, the answer is yes Um, I do feel and many Muslims do feel that the people who we elect you know as MPs or councillors specifically the Muslim ones uh, they have failed us in raising this discussion And standing up for the Islamic point of view And the Muslim community's point of view um, You know, a a good example of this is where You know, they, they, that, that school in Birmingham a few years ago um, They were criticised heavily for, for this Is that the Trojan um, case? The Trojan, yeah. yes, the Trojan case, yeah um, With RSE, Relationship and Sex Education uh, All Muslim MPs voted for it They didn't w- vote against it Yeah so you know where is the standing up of you know the for the Muslim community, and this is linked to you know that question you asked you know earlier Nasser by commented on about you know it's our duty to raise awareness. So we, in my mind, for me, I don't rely upon an MP or a counsellor or some, someone else, you know, to firstly educate myself, my family, uh, my wider family, uh, my community. You know, I, I take an active approach in the community, and that's why I'm here. You know, we're talking about this whole campaign that's been going on for a few years now. Um, In terms of, you know, um, we have to engage in the da'wah. We have to tell other people. Um, And specifically with this LGBT discussion, this is what we're doing. You know, it starts starts off as a discussion with a family member, a friend, me, Nasir, you. You And that's how you become more aware, more familiar with the arguments and you become more confident in discussing this. You know, you don't have to be a scholar, you know, to start discussing this. um, Because I was going to make make a point about, you know, what you're talking about there. You know, the the arguments and evidences put forward for LGBT, they are logical arguments. They are rational arguments based on insan's, people's minds, people's, you know, the thoughts that they've developed. Because they don't have religion. They don't have a wahi, a revelation like Mm. we do. And it doesn't come from religion, does it? It comes from their own mind. So you listen to the the logical, rational arguments that they try to give you. Um, like animals are, you know, some animals are gay. It's my freedom. If two consulting, uh, consenting people do what they want to do, what is your problem with that? You know, or another one is that we're doing it behind closed doors. It's not affecting society. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've discussed that long-term. It will affect society. So you listen to these arguments and then you develop, you know, in your own mind, you develop a counter-response, like some of the things we've we mentioned here. Yeah, you know, well, so I am I'm that's mention- very important. I mention that as an encouragement to 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 the viewers and the Muslims that look, you don't need to quote verses of the Quran, you don't need to quote a hadith, or you know you don't need to quote scholars. You listen to the what the person in front of you is saying with LGBT. If they're proposing something to you about LGBT, or whatever the topic is, you know you listen to the argument, and then you will yourself naturally you know uh, find a counter response to that. And hopefully you're stronger Counter logic
1: with logic Exactly And that's why I think uh, I, I really like the last slide In your presentation About how everything is Naturally in pairs uh, Yes Yeah. You know it's yeah, yeah. the one about the seatbelt right. And it's the one about magnets If I'm not mistaken yeah, that's right And the battery yeah. So,
2: you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has created everything uh, in, in a fixed order So we don't believe in evolution You know, we don't believe That things change And we're going to change In the future you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has has created things which are fixed so you know in the quran um when the story of Nuh Ali salam is being talked about you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us how he created everything in pairs um and you know how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created uh, adam alayhi salam but to then comfort adam alayhi salam and to give him some you know peace and and support you know He created hawa um you know Al salam he created his wife eve so there is you know, guidance from the Qur'an and and, and Sunnah on the this. The verse is um, here,
1: Surah number 49, verse number 13. That, O oh, people, that we have created you a male and a female. Oh, yeah. So again, Allah Almighty has mentioned this in the Qur'an, Surah Al-Nisa, there are a few yeah. verses in there as well. Mm. and then, and then we uh, made you into tribes and families so that you may recognize one That's another, one another and yeah. that you may have pechan to one another, which was what you were touching upon earlier, mm. uh, you know about uh, you know recognition. And then Inna Akramakum Atqakum, that the most honorable of you, the most noble of you in the sight of Allah Almighty, is the one who has the most taqwa, taqwa. Mm. the That's most right. God fearingness. Inna yeah. Allah yeah. Alimun mm. Khabir mm. and Allah Almighty is all knowing and all uh, all aware. Uh, mm. So certainly you have that aspect of it, uh, and you were going to say.
2: So that's what I was saying. That you know, this um, when we, we we listen to the arguments, um, listen to the proposals, and usually you'll be able to then you know through the discussion answer it back. So if someone says, "Look, you know, this is um, I do this behind closed doors," it's not having an effect on wider society. Um, clearly, it will because long term, you know, the like NASA was saying before, the children are being adopted into different families. Yeah. You know, in many cases, the children don't even know who their original father or mother is. Right. Um, from an Islamic point of view, by the way, that's a big problem because you know, inheritance. linked inheritance. That's what I was going to say. Linked to the laws of family and the rights and the hak and the hukuk of the, you know, the different family members, inheritance goes out of the window. Yeah, this is you know one of the ways Islam preserves the family unit. But um, yeah. you know, so you know, there's, there's, um, and then you can you know seek guidance from the Quran. You know, you can seek. Um, you know some support evidences from quran and and, and sunnah
1: so you're saying that you know, the authorities have failed
2: so in terms of that question yes you know uh, the the authorities to represent
0: the muslims yeah definitely can okay. can i, can I know, just say one thing
1: you can say two things if you want
0: <laughs> uh, not only have they failed the the amazing thing about the case in birmingham was it was a non muslim hmm. mp who came to defend the muslims in birmingham hmm. And I think he may have lost his seat as a result yeah. of that. But what that shows to you is that this was a man who had principles, yeah. and he stuck to them. Doesn't compromise on his principles. Mm. I think his Godfrey, Godfrey was his surname. Yeah, yeah. So th- th- this is an important lesson for the Muslim community that actually no political party has has supported, um, you know, the, the case for the Muslim community with regards to uh, sex and relationship education and. Uh, their stance with regards to LGBT.
1: Um. Okay, guys, uh, I'm extremely grateful for your time. Uh, we're coming close to about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half. I've got just under 10 minutes uh, before I've got my commitment uh, with the brothers from Ilm City. Um, we've got the uh, Al-Isra'u wal miraj program, an event uh, which is currently being uh, conducted online. Uh, so the reality is, um that this is a huge issue a problem that we've tried to discuss uh, it's impossible to cover every aspect and avenue of the uh the topic in the limited time that we have we've touched mm. upon it in light of the quran surah Al-Araaf, verse number 80 to 84 we We've mentioned a few mubarakah. Uh, in light of that Mashallah, Nasir Bay, uh, who is a chemistry teacher and has been a teacher for the last 20 years uh, because somebody's asking now after 100 and uh, uh, 120 minutes, who's Nasir and who's uh, Asad? So <laughs> you've got to reintroduce you guys. So, uh, Nasir by Mashal has been teaching for the last 20 years um, and is a science teacher. Chemistry is his subject, uh, and Asad by an IT project manager uh, in uh, not just the education sector but many other sectors. I feel we've had a very uh, fruitful, for provoking discussion. I'm grateful to you guys exactly. uh, for the time that you have given. Uh, exactly. We've, mashallah got some brothers and sisters uh, expressing their thanks um, uh, on uh, or, or the um, live chat. Uh, we've got uh, one question, and then we're going to come to the concluding remarks. Yeah, one question and then concluding remarks. We've got about ten minutes. Um, so the, uh, the the question here from Brother Atif Atif Hussein, uh, JazakAllah, really interesting points made. Uh, it seems we are always on the back foot. Uh, we touched upon this, but nevertheless, uh, maybe incorporate into your concluding remarks, uh, a community versus secular state. How do we move forward? It's a tough
0: question, really. We could have a whole podcast on there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you
1: saying that you want to come back on <laughs> that? I think that should be the next podcast. Uh, mashallah, next week, uh, we've got uh, Brother Khawar, our Muqtadi, mashallah, university lecturer, Muhammad Khawar, he's coming on with Dr. Muhammad from the BRI Hospital. Mashallah. And we're talking vaccines, we're the talking COVID. COVID-19, yeah. we're talking okay. um, uh, everything and anything to do with this pandemic. Um, so next week, the podcast, inshallah, uh, will be a slightly uh, later time. Uh, we started a little bit late today because of Salatul Risha. Uh, next week, I think Rishad Jamaat is at nine, um, 7.45. So we'll be starting about quarter past eight, half past eight. I think some brothers and sisters prefer the later uh, starting time. Uh, kids go to bed, etc. That kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But Again, we've maintained good numbers. Around 50 have been watching regularly. Uh, Allah Almighty bless all of you who have been watching. Uh, mm-hmm. So yes, we've got uh, Khawarbai and uh, Dr. Muhammad on next week. Hopefully we can get you guys on uh, for another topic. Uh, I think you guys have been... Uh, well received and and it's a, it's a pleasure to be in your company Absolutely. uh and alhamdulillah usually uh, in the last two meetings it's just alaikum. yeah do your presentation okay <laughs> uh, so it's been good to have you guys sit here and, and, and pick your brains and and really get your ideas on this issue um so yes i think this is a good way to conclude anyway how do we move forward <coughs>
0: i 'm um, going to look at a few things if if asad doesn 't mind, um, and i 'm sure maybe Asad 's got his views as well. Hmm. Um, I think we need to look at it from the point of view of you as a family unit, you as a school, and you as part of the community. Yeah. You as a family unit um, as a parent would have to think about the conversations, the delicate conversations that we need to have with our own children um, and that 's going to be critical because we need to develop our own children, so that that, that is very important and as I said I, th- I think part of the objective of our presentations is to equip our young children with a mindset to be able to handle that conversation. Number two, you as a parent and schooling. I know we sort of touched on this about Islamic schools, state schools, um, homeschooling. Um, Whatever the setting is, because can I just say, not only is it obligatory upon state schools, but it's going to be imposed upon Islamic schools. Um, And there's a further process of registering with homeschooling. I think the state is quite worried with regards to uh, people falling out of the net, so to speak, Mm -hmm. from within the values that they want to promote. Um, Hence why having
1: the counter-narrative and the discussion and dialogue with children at home is absolutely imperative.
0: Absolutely. Exactly. That's the point we're trying to get across. Um, So please don't feel that your children should be left at the mercy of the school. Be active. Be a governor. um, Have the conversation with the deputy head. Have a conversation with the head teacher. Have a conversation with the head of year. If you feel uncomfortable with that, ask what is your policy about sex and relationship education? Yeah. Get involved. Speak to the governors. So please don't think, oh, I just feel, feel frustrated and not do anything. Take the action. Be proactive.
1: Are parents allowed to opt their children out of these lessons or is it going to be mandatory?
0: Um, they will be allowed to. Uh, from what I know, um, but I don't know whether that clause is going to be removed. Mm. Um, so this is why I say it's, so important, so crucial for the parent to be proactive in in the schooling of the child. You, you know, one thing I always say, you know, teaching the child is fard upon the parent, which means when your child goes to school, it's still your fard. It's not the fard for the school to teach your. Or child. the
1: madrasa teacher, the imams have to do everything.
0: That's exactly. So the fard is the the obligation is upon the shoulders yeah. is upon the shoulders upon the parents. So when the parent le- drops them off at the school, he or she should think, okay, if your father is upon me, I better find out what they're going to teach them yeah. because I'm going to be asked about that, not the school. So take that responsibility with the schooling. And the third point is with regards to being a member of the community, is that we as a community, we need to raise our voices. We need to be proactive. We need to um, you know, make it clear about how and where we stand let our Islamic schools make a clear stance. That's why I think it requires bravery. We need brave uh, Islamic school principals. We need brave Islamic school teachers to to voice their views and express their opinion from the Islamic stance.
1: Mashallah, very good concluding uh, remarks from Nasad Bait and how we all need to become more active uh, and and, and really uh, be on the front line uh, not just as parents, but also as professionals. I mean, professionals, not all teachers are willing to uh, be as brave as you guys, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, so much uh, do fall into this, uh, let's go with the flow type of uh, mindset and mentality. As- by uh, no pressure. Uh, a couple of minutes uh, just to conclude uh, the podcast. Uh, and then, inshallah, we will uh, take Ijazat.
2: Jazakallah. So in addition to what Nas has mentioned, I think, you know, uh, I would encourage uh, everyone who's listening and everyone in the community just to start to have that conversation. Start a conversation. If you have not talked about this, you know, with um, someone in your family, somebody maybe in in, in the masjid or um, a a teacher or someone who you feel confident with, you know, ask a question um, and just start that conversation. Because like I was saying before, that's how it starts, you know. Um, and then we'll understand more around this topic, how we should talk about it, how we should understand it ourselves. Um, uh, other things we could do is if in your local masjid, you know, the Imam saab hasn't talked about this, you know, or other things which are happening in your family or community you feel you know that should be talked about, things which are happening now, you know, Ask the imam, you know, can you talk well, about this? You need to
1: get through the committee first. Uh, that's another uh, kind of, uh, oh, you know, hurdle the, uh, and obstacle.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you know, th- that, that's another podcast in itself, isn't yeah. it? You we, know? We, 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 talk,
1: <laughs> we talked about this. Uh, what was the topic again? Uh, imams in the 21st century and then we did uh, the role of the masjid in the 21st century. Yeah. That went yes. down really well uh, at the beginning of this second uh, season. And again, brothers and sisters, if you're watching and you haven't seen any of the previous podcasts, then please do. Uh, have a look on the youtube channel let's talk with aima uh, and you'll find a, a lot of uh, productive discussions uh, we also had uh, mental health uh, and raising awareness regarding that um, so yeah definitely mm. check them uh, podcasts out so yeah I-, I know what you're trying to say sometimes it's maybe one person whispering in the ear of the imam sahab but, uh, <laughs> Take care <for> <laughs> you,
2: you know? <laughs> you know, uh, few yeah. <laughs> your friends with you. You
1: um, know, a few threatened and packs his bags.
2: Take care few friends with you. So, you know, and, and uh, you know, the final point about just a reminder to everybody is that, you know, um, like you were saying, enjoying good and forbidding evil, yeah. uh, which is da'wah, you know, giving nasiha, advice to other people, it is, a, is a duty of every Muslim. You know, so it's not simply enough to say, I'm praying, you know, I'm covering myself in the islamic way i'm looking after my family and forget everybody else around me um, you know that that's wrong because as as a muslim you should be concerned for your neighbors you should be concerned for your community you know your family definitely and you have to engage in this you know conversation which is da'wa and that's an obligation on us just like you know salah fasting hajj and, and so on definitely so thank Allah, you very much guys Jazakumullah khairan Allah subhanahu
1: wa ta'ala bless you it's no, been a beautiful discussion Uh, Very beneficial, very fruitful. Hopefully those who are watching have also benefited as well. Uh, Inshallah, inshallah, like I said, next Friday evening we've got uh, Brother Muhammad Khabar and Dr. Muhammad on with us uh, for episode uh, 8, if I'm not mistaken. Then we've got two more episodes uh, for this particular uh, season, season 2. I think I'll probably be the host uh, for the remaining episodes. Um, but nevertheless, we are grateful to Nasad we are grateful to Asad Bai uh, for the time that they have given. Uh, Allah Tabarakutala bless them, reward them. Very insightful mm-hmm. discussion. Uh, and yes, uh, finally, once again, uh, if you can, please do share this podcast, subscribe to the channel. Until next Friday, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatu.